Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Come on, side, side, Check, check, check. What up, y'all? Ed Lover here with another episode of Come On, Send the Podcast. If y'all been missing me, I've been missing y'all too because, you know, I've been out, man. We had some holidays coming up and I don't really like to overdo it. So a lot of times I won't even I won't even podcast on the holidays, man, because I think when it's a holiday, you should take off. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like we got Thanksgiving coming up. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving is this week. So I just think people need to need to have some time off no matter what, man. So I take time off just like anybody else. I don't want to force podcast on y'all when I really don't have a podcast and stuff like that just to say that I podcast. I think to me that that's just a ridiculous thing to do, man. I don't I don't do it. I mean, if other people want to do it, they could do it, but not me. That ain't that ain't how I get down, man. I don't I don't do stuff like that just for the sake of doing it, man. Like you know, I know pod, being a, doing a podcast, and I've told y'all here on this podcast several times that consistency is the key. But shoot, everybody needs time off, bro. I'm sorry. Everybody needs some time off. And I, and I ain't no different than anybody else. So, that being said, Thanksgiving is this week. I hope everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. I know I got a lot of stuff to be thankful for. Family, friends. I mean, you know, God blessing me. You know, during the whole year after uh, everything ended at Radio 1, for a little while I went through a rough patch, so I'm thankful to be working in, in Chicago at 104.3 Jams. You can catch me on the Radio.com app. I wasn't even really saying that to promote it, but I was just telling y'all, that's why I'm doing radio at in Chicago, um, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's the Ad Lover Morning Show. The ratings are doing good, so my bosses are happy, I'm, you know, I'm I'm good, so... I got a lot of things to be thankful for. The podcast is still going strong. I mean, come January, we're we coming back again with CigarsInternational.com. So I want to thank everybody for over Cigars International, especially my man Wes, um, when, for their sponsorship. We got new sponsorships coming. I don't know if y'all heard the last podcast. We did something with um, with the uh, filmmakers that did um, Black Klansmen with Spike Lee. They were one, you know, they helped us promote it, man. It was it was just it was very dope, man. It was very dope. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that supported me and continue to support me throughout the entire year. Now, 
let's get into this podcast, okay? Um, I don't know how long or how short this podcast is going to be, but I can tell y'all one thing. I love music, and anybody that knows me knows that I love music. And I know sometimes people hate when people say if anybody knows me, but you guys know me because you've been listening to me and following my career for years, and you already fucking know that I love music, right? You know that that's my thing. You know that's the thing that keeps me going. That's the thing that kept me out of the street. That's the thing besides my parents. But music, music was what I focused on in school. Music was a thing that was my activity. You know what I mean? I tried to play ball. I didn't make the basketball team. I played a little football in high school, but it was music. It was always what band am I in and what band outside of school. So it's always been music. So I'm always listening to music or downloading music or whatever. So I have Apple Music on my phone. I don't have a lot of, uh, well, I do have SoundCloud and I do have Spotify, but I really get most of my music from Apple Music. So I was floating through Apple Music not too long ago. And maybe a, it's, yeah, it's been a while since I've had Apple Music. So Rolling Stone magazine put out a playlist and it's called the 100 Greatest Hip Hop Songs of All Time. And there's variation of songs and different things on there. And um, I don't agree with everything that's on their list. And I'm quite sure that you're not going to agree with everything that's on their list. But there's songs on their list that are and should be considered great songs. So and I just decided, you know what I want to do? I want to take some of these songs. And then I want to ask you, I want to open open it up and ask you uh, for your suggestions. And I wanted to do not the greatest, but some of the most important songs of all time. I, I don't have a list. I'm not putting them in any particular order. If you want to make a list and send it to me, if you want to hit me up on, on you know, Instagram, uh, you want to slide in the DM, I'm at Ed Lover on Instagram. Mr. Ed Lover on Twitter, if you want to get at me on Twitter. I don't want 100, but I'm just going to go through some of these songs, and I'm going to do, I don't know how many I'm going to do, but I'm just going to do a series called The Most Important Songs in Hip-Hop History and Why. Right? So today, I want to start off from my hometown. My hometown is New York City, specifically Queens, New York. Right? And... When I grew up in Queens, New York, I grew up in a place not too far called Queens Village or Hollis. They all right connected to each other. And as I told you before, you had LL Cool J on one side, Run DMC on another side. You know, Farmers Boulevard separated them. Um, I'm on a couple of blocks away. You know, I went to junior high school, 192, right there in the middle of Hollis, Queens, same school Jam Master J went to. For some of y'all, that's a middle school. For us, it was called junior high school because that's where you did uh, um, seventh through ninth grade, and then you went to a different school to do... No, you did six through eight. I'm sorry, you did six through eight there, and then you went to... A different school from nine to senior year, and you graduate, and then you go on to college, right? So, junior high school 192 is right there on 205th Street and Hollis Avenue, which is now called Run DMC JMJ Way, where that big mural of JMJ is. It's right there. Not too far from us was a tribe called Quest, and I could go on uh, Law Professor Nas, Noriega, everybody's from Queens, but just different parts of Queens. So, I decided to concentrate on what I know and where I'm from, 
And that's that Hollis area. I mean, Clue is from Queens. Uh, Envy is from Queens. I mean, we all from the same same area. So the first song I wanted to do is the greatest, most influential rap records of all time. The most important rap records of all time. And I'm going to do this from time to time. I'm not going to do it in succession like a series, but I'm going to do it and then I'll jump in and do other subjects during the podcast. So when I'm doing them, I hope y'all be aware of them. The first song I want to touch is Sucker MCs by Run DMC. Okay, Sucker MCs Crush Groove 1. Because there was other Crush Grooves in Run DMC's portfolio. So, as you know, I don't know if you know or not, but Run DMC started, it was Run at first. It, it wasn't no Run DMC. It was Run at first. And, uh, you know, Run was a DJ, son of Curtis Blow. Now, when we grew up around the way, Russell used to throw these parties sometimes at the ice cream parlor, and he was managing Curtis Blow. So when the ice cream parlor on Hollis would close, Run, Russell would turn that place into a party place, a, 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 a club, for lack of a better term. I mean, it was an ice cream parlor, but Russell would get it and turn it into a club, and sometimes he would bring acts through there, and one of the acts he would bring through there was Curtis Blow, and the flyers that went around said DJ Run, the son of Curtis Blow. So afterwards, Run and, and started bugging his brother about having a record deal. He knew DMC. You can go back and look at their uh, DMC had the rhymes. If you could catch an interview with DMC, DMC would tell you he was patterning his rhymes after the Cold Crush Brothers as if he was battling. That's why it was always a give and take in everything that he wrote. Run had some studio time. He was doing something else. With, I can't remember the name of the group Run was supposed to be in at the time. And then he let DMC get on the record with him. DMC jumps on the record. The next thing you know, their group called Run DMC. And the reason why I'm going with Sucker MCs, notice Crush Groove 1, or Sucker MCs Crush Groove 1, and sometimes spelled as just Sucker MCs, because it was released in 1983, right? And the first time I heard Sucker MCs, it was the B-side to It's Like That. Now, It's Like That, and that's the way it is by Run DMC, unemployment at a record high. People coming, people going, people born to die. Don't ask me because I don't know why, but it's like that, and that's the way it is. Okay, when they did that record, they were kind of going, according to DMC, after that Planet Rock type of groove. So if you remember back in those days, Bam Bottom had that, the electronic sound was big. This is 1983. The electronic sound was big. Africa Band Bottom and Soul Sonic Force had that song. Now, that's another song that I'll do, all right, on this. But I'm. this is how things are on this um, podcast series. But this is how things are related. They had that song, right, Planet Rock. And then Run DMC comes with It's Like That. And that's the way it is in 1983. And... um. The Vine Sounds had a song out called What People Do For Money. Like So everybody was trying to emulate and score a hit off that same electronic sound, right? In 1983, on the B-side of their single, It's Like That was the song that they were pushing. On the B-side, okay, was the song called Sucker MC's 
Crush Groove One. It's a two-sided release that really marked this. It really set off Run DMC's career. This was their first single, their very, very first single. Now I remember WBAU where Dr. Dre used to have the operating room on, who became my partner later on on your own TV Rats, was the first radio station to play the two songs. Okay, this was a B-side, bro. So the reason why this record is so very important, remember this is 1983, this was Run DMC's first single. This is before LL Cool J. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is their first single. Okay, most people regard this song as ushering in that new school of hip-hop artists with a street image. Now, you have to go back and look. Before Run DMC, Flash, um, Sugar Hill Gang, if, you, if you've seen them on TV, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, if you see any of them, if you see any of the groups that were putting out records before 1983, even Bam and the Soul Sonic Force, look at any of those groups that was putting out records and look at what they looked like back then. Feathers, boots, like, you know, the... Um, Rock had a rock look to him. Flash and Fierce Five had a rock look to him. Um, uh, Sugar Hill Gang, Plain Jane type of look. Kumo D, all the leather, all the Star Trek sunglasses, and that 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 fancy crazy look. The Feelers Four with Tito and all of them, and they Mike C and all of them. Did they have rocking it out and all that? They had that. Look, that rock look, a lot of that was because they performed live a lot and they, you know, nobody really had that abrasive street image and that minimalist sound. Like running them really with sucker MCs, not what it's like that, but with sucker MCs really stripped, stripped all the music because. Sugar Hill would do songs, right? When they did, when Sugar Hill did Rapper's Delight, they didn't sample, they didn't sample Good Times by Sheik. There was a band, the Sugar Hill band, and they redid, right? They redid the record. What running them did was they took a beat that was already a popular beat from a group called Orange Crush, right? And in the group called Orange Crush was a young man by the name of Larry Smith. Larry Smith, when you hear Run said, Larry put me inside the Cadillac. The chauffeur drove off and we never came back. Larry Smith was in Orange Crush. So when we used to, when DJs used to play the record Action by Orange Crush, it was that break that we always played. Boom, bat, 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 boom, boom, bat, bat, boom, bat. They didn't sample it. What they did was replay it. Larry replayed that same beat on the drum machine and beefed it up, no musicality on top of it, and there was no horns and bass and strings and all of that. It was a minimalist sound. We hadn't heard anything like that in hip-hop prior to that. Not from Sugar Hill, not from the sequence, not from the Gap, not the Gap band, um, uh, the ones that did King Timothy, or the Fatback band, which was really the first hip-hop record I ever heard. But this stripped everything down. It was just supposed to be a bonus beat, y'all. Like It's like that was supposed to be the record. 
It was supposed to be the biggest record. Really was, but people kind of gravitated towards sucker MCs. It really, it, it did because, you know, an MC is an abbreviation for Master of Ceremony, right? You know, like everybody is a person who's supposed to be on it. Uh, you know, you're supposed to be on the mic, you're supposed to be the MC, you're supposed to be the Master of Ceremony. So they're the, really the first ones to come out and say that you are sucker MC, all right? Really, man, like for real, most people say suck MCs completely changed hip hop. I mean, like completely ushered in the new song, the new sounds of rap. Even Molly Maul's first production, Molly Maul, a great Molly Maul from Queensbridge, a great Molly Maul with Shan and the Juice Crew and all of that. His very first production was an answer song to sucking MCs called Sucker DJ's I Will Survive by Dimples D. That's how important this song is. That's how important. Now, there's, like I told you before, there's more than one, right? More than one Crush Groove. That's why, now think about this. The movie Crush Groove wasn't even out yet, right? That movie was not out yet when Run DMC did this joint. Wasn't even out yet. Okay, honey. My daughter just, just came in to holler at me real quick. So that song wasn't even out yet when when Run DMC did that. The movie Crush Groove wasn't even thought about. And that was Crush Groove 1. They went on to do Crush Groove 2, which was Holler's Crew. Daryl and Joe was Crush Groove 3. And Together Forever was Crush Groove 4. All right? The reason why they called it Crush Groove, like I said, back in tracks was made by Orange Crush. Right? Orange Crush recordings involved Davey DMX, which inspired Dave cut the record down to the bone. He was on there. Yes, he was. And Larry was on there, too. Larry Smith was on there. Larry Smith was one of the producers of that record, man. You know, so this is an extremely, extremely important record. If you go back and look at the way records were being made. If you go all the way back and look at how people were making records, what what the records sounded like in them days. Even Run DMC jumped on it, bro. I mean, jumped on top of what was going on with Bam and them and was trying to do their own type of thing sort of like that, right? With... Uh, well, it's like that, and that's the way it is. And then you turn around and you look at how that song was being influenced from Bambada and them, from, you know, Planet Rock. And then you look at Sucker MCs and how Sucker MCs came out, stripped everything down, made everything just funky hip-hop, like really ushered in everybody, dude. And do that. So who's listening right now? It ushered in everybody because then LL came in and LL was able to just, you know, radio and I need a beat. Even on my beat subject of discussion. Like that song is so freaking important. It changed hip hop. And a really, really, really good song will change hip hop. Everybody that came after that from MC Shan to Roxanne Shantae, to whoever came after, right? 
whoever came after Run DMC's, Sucker MC's, absolutely gave you that sound of the of just the beat, right? With the, and then they added the DJ to it, okay? And the look, and the look, if you look at the cover of Run DMC's, Sucker MC, it's like that. They got on Godfather hats and track suits and they're pointing at the camera. Nobody was dressing like that. Nobody was dressed like that. Everything was super rock star leather and boots and feathers and sunglasses and all of that extra looked like almost like black rock bands back then. That's what everybody was doing. I know because I was in the band. There's pictures of me floating around back there with my trumpet with stuff tied around my head and pink spandex on and high boots. They looked, we all looked, even rappers look like Rick James. That's exactly what they look like. For lack of a better person, run, um, not run, flashing them look like the Stone City Band and all of that. Melly Mel had the braids and the long hair and all of that. That's what that's that's what they look like. But Run DMC coming out with Sucker MCs, y'all, it just, it changed the game. It 360'd everything. It, 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 I couldn't stop playing Sucker MCs. It's like that was dope. But two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhymes, right? So DMC, if you ready, the people rockin' steady. You driving big cars, get your gas from Getty. I'm DMC in the place to be. I went to St. John's University. Who doesn't know? If you are, if you hip-hop, right, and you are a certain age, and I'm not talking about the kids, right, because you can't, press something on somebody who wasn't born when it when it came out. But if you're a true hip hop head of a certain of a certain age, did you know sucker MCs about run DMC? You absolutely like there's pretty much not a stage that I can't go on unless I'm around a bunch of millennials. But let me go to anything that's that's old school. Anybody that's really over like 35 and better. And I say, how much do y'all know y'all hip-hop? And they go, yeah, well, we know our hip-hop. And I say, okay, I'm about to give y'all a hip-hop test, right? And I drop sucker MCs, and I say, all I got to do is say two years ago, a friend of mine. That's all I got to say. Everybody knows every freaking lyric to that song, which makes it a great song. It really does make it an amazing song. But what makes it an important song is what happened after Run and D dropped Sucker MCs. How the shift happened in hip-hop. How things were going one way and then Sucker MCs came out and things went a totally different way. Totally different way. Like, I don't know if LL Cool J would have been as hard as LL Cool J was without... Sucker MCs. I don't know if Slick Rick could have been as hard as Slick Rick is without Sucker MCs. I don't know if we would have got some of that best music. I don't think without Sucker MCs, I don't think we would have got the abrasiveness and the hardcore of, of, of BDP with Criminal Minded. 
Because that's what that song did. Everything was happy, happy, birthday, birthday. Come on, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, It was more, it was more musical. It was like a lot of taking the break beats that we had grew up on and just really replaying the whole record with a band, right? And then letting that joint come out like that and you had the choruses you don't say one one flash one time then that kind of stuff you know what i mean it was all so musical it became stripped down it became stripped down when run dmc dropped suck mcs crush groove one right the beat is from the record action by orange crush you can go look on youtube or wherever you get your music from and look up orange crush Action. That's where Larry Smith got that beat from. That's where Davey, Davey D, you know, Davey D, you're all the best. Cut this beat because it is so fresh, which is another thing. I, I got to give myself a slap for this because Davey DMX should be mentioned every time I mention people from Queens because Davey is from Hollis, Queens, too. And Davey D needs to be mentioned, and I don't mention him enough. So if Davey D, if you ever hear this podcast, bro, I sincerely apologize because you were also a huge part of the hip-hop musical landscape that was going on, especially from your production and everything that you've been doing and everything that you continue doing. And for the amount of time you was with Public Enemy on the road, dude, and from all the songs that you helped produce like Suck MCs, you deserve to be on that wall of fame if we ever can get that wall of fame up. In Queens, New York, bro. You deserve it, man. And I, and I apologize to you, Davey, if you ever hear this, man. I will never not mention you again. The way I mentioned Russell Simmons and Run and D and J and you, you should be mentioned, man. Because the amount of work that, that Davey DMX, just, just look him up, <laughs> put in early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Not only is that, but as a mobile disc jockey, <laughs> I mean, you, if you don't believe me, man, just ask Irv Gotti. Ask Chris Gotti. They from there. They know who Davey DMX is. And if you don't, he was more than just that record. And he had a lot to do with the early success of Run DMC musically, too, as a musician and as a producer. He has always been dope. And I should mention you every chance that I get. And a lot of times, it's because of my mind, not because of my heart, bro. But I love you, Davey, and I, and I apologize. So like I was saying... Davey was part of Orange Crush with Larry Smith. And, you know, when they say Dave cut the record down to the bone, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about Davey D. Records like that transcend time. And records like that transcend music. And records like that are so damn important. And you can just go on, you know what? You could go on whosampledthis.com and you can look up and see how many times Sucker MCs by Run DMC was sampled. And somebody's record. That's how it shows you how it changed it. If the first record, uh, the first record, Molly Mall, the great Molly Mall, did the Juice Crew and Kane and and Rakim stuff, and and you know what I mean. Those those records are the records that gave Rakim and Kane and G Rap and all of them that came out. Man, that's these are the records that gave that laid the foundation for them to be who they are. As the B-boys, as the regular clothes, whatever we was wearing. Look, we're running them, we're running them. Listen, after that, the Adidas, Adidas came. Adidas, people still wear shell toe Adidas to this day. Shell toe Adidas. 
because of Run DMC to this day. Now, a lot of kids might be wearing shell to Adidas, don't know why they're wearing shell to Adidas, but Run DMC made shell to Adidas cool. And it all came from that look. And that look started with Sucker MCs, which was a B-side. That's the thing that bugs me out the most about the record, is the record was a B-side. It wasn't even supposed to be the record. It's like that was supposed to be the record. Sucker MCs was not supposed to be the record. That's the thing that tripped me out. Like It's almost like it's an accidental record. Because you know... And I know, I don't know if you guys know, because I've made records before. You put your best record back in those days, you put what you considered the record you're pushing on the A side, right? When people looked at that record, it was, it's like that. And Sucker MCs was a B side. They had to reissue it because it became so popular. Sucker MCs was the B side, y'all. You always had your A side and you always did the B side record was like, okay, let's give them this record. We ain't too sure about it. But you took a B-side record that changed the course of hip-hop history forever. Everybody, from Drake, y'all, to this day, to anybody, to 21 Savage, to Little Yachty, to any of them, can all be themselves because of sucker MCs. Anybody that want to be as hard as they want to be, Kendrick Lamar, all of them dudes, man, can be who they want to be. And it always goes back to that first Record in 1983 by Run DMC. It's like that. But the B-side being sucker MCs, the stripped down sound, the MC and what they were saying on the record. You know, it's really, really, running them didn't really even, you know, their routine was, it's like that. Going back and forth between each other was their routine. You know, what they was doing on sucker MCs was, was passing the mic. That's what we did in the park. That's what you hear Kane and 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 um Bismarcky. So Big Daddy, ha ha ha. My man, my mellow, get on the mic, cause you know you eat jello. That came after Sucker MCs. That came after Run said. So DMC and if you're ready. You know what I mean? You drive, you know, DMC is if you're ready. You drive a big cars, get your gas from Getty. That's passing the mic. That's how we used to do one, two, three, four. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Come on, y'all. Get on the floor. One, two, three is hot. Yo, Eddie D, grab the mic and rock. That was passing the mic to somebody else. That, that's more of that than it was a routine. It's like that was the routine. That's what that was. Sucking MCs. Run DMC. One of the import, most important Records and hip-hop. If y'all want to debate, hit me up. Hit me up, bruh. Please hit me up. And give me a, a, some stuff that you think are important records in hip-hop and why. And I'll review them. And I'll give a little background on them. And we can discuss it. Hit me up at Mr. Ed Lover on Twitter. Okay? And hit me up. Slide in my DM on Instagram. At Ed Lover. E-D-L-O-V-E-R. So just follow me on social media, man. The first one I'm reviewing, Run DMC, Sucker MCs, and why, in my opinion, is one of the most important records in hip-hop history because of the way it shaped hip-hop and the way it changed everything musically in hip-hop. Y'all keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next week right here on Good Son. 
the podcast. I got some great interviews lined up, man. We're going to be talking to my man Murphy Lee from the Lunatics. I got Isaac Hayes Jr. coming on the show. I got Pastor Troy coming to sit down and talk to me. I got a lot of good stuff coming up, man. I'm going to do, uh, sooner or later, I'm definitely going to do Nori's podcast, Nori and Effin's podcast, Drink Champs, and then I'll have them. We're going to do simultaneous podcasts. So while they interviewing me, I'll be interviewing them at the same time. We're just going to have a good time, man, with this podcast, man. I appreciate y'all listening. Like I said, keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next week right here on Come On, Son, the podcast. Remember, I always give you the good shit and never the bullshit. Now, come on, son. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. Later, y'all. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.